0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Wellness That Works podcast. Hey Lily, how are you?
1: Good, it sounds better when you do it. I had to do the intro last week but I'm glad you're back.
0: <laughs> I need to listen to last week so I need to catch up.
1: It's weird, I put on like a little customer service voice maybe to like try and sound like you but <laughs> oh I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't seen each other in ages. I had a week away and then Sam's had a week off. So yeah. hopefully we so you flew we're both solo without me. I know we did. Were you okay? Yeah, it was good. How how was your time off?
0: It was lovely, actually. Well needed, um, and really nice to just have a break with the kids. We um, I've never been off on holiday and been at home. Nice. Like ever, because I, I will always like make sure we get out of uh,
1: yeah. you know
0: where we the area that we live or we we might go abroad or whatever, so obviously that's not happening, yes. Um and it was really weird, so first of all, I thought, oh, I'm not going to like this, and then we sort of got into our flow, and um I got, you know, stuff done around the house, and we got out every day, lots of woodland walks, nice. which the kids weren't very happy about, they're fine once they're there, but they moan so much in the mornings, <laughs> but once they were out, they're fine, you know, they go feral, and... Yeah. climb trees and stuff so that was that was really nice and then towards the end of the week I sort of got a bit sick of them to be honest and um
1: I'm really pleased they're back at school <laughs> yeah you've got it all sorted then back yeah, to work and yeah. an empty house
0: yeah how was your break or did you talk about this last week do I need to catch up
1: uh we didn't really but no, I was very very lucky that I was able to get away to Norway just before all of the lockdown we were in a such quarantine. good timing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And we were in a quarantine situation, but it just meant we did Loads of walking up mountains, despite the fact I'd injured my foot two days before we flew. Um, it's still really bad. <laughs> I
0: cannot <laughs> Just
1: believe you talking did talking about injuries, aren't we, on here? Yeah. Um, but no, it was really nice to get away and try loads of new food and do lots of different exercise. And we have no TV and no internet, really, where we were staying. So we were able to properly switch off, which well, was needed before all this... That's a big thing for you, Lily,
0: not having internet, not having your Wi-Fi and your phone.
1: Well, I obviously got on there in in (laughs) shape or form, just not all day. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I know um, things are all a bit tough again in the UK and probably everywhere again. We're in another lockdown. And so we thought it would be important that we talk about mental health and well-being and actually approach it from a bit of a different angle so we are um with a guest this week again um Hello. we've got the lovely laura tier i hope you say i say your name right tier jones um who is one of our ww coaches but she also runs her own podcast so we've got another expert podcaster with us hi laura <laughs> you for laura. having me <laughs> How are you doing?
2: I'm okay. It's really strange to be like on this side of the podcast, if that makes sense, because I'm used to like, yeah, owning the show. So now I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to sit back and yeah, be the guest, Lack which is <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it. And yeah, it's fine. <laughs>
1: nice. So um, before we kind of jump really deep into everything, do you want to tell everyone a bit about your podcast?
2: Yeah, so I started the podcast... Um, Back in like June, July, I think when everyone was still in the like baking banana bread phase of lockdown, I kind of got <laughs> bored of that um, and I'd wanted to start the podcast for a while but I was a bit like, oh, I don't really know how to or, you know, any of the techie side of stuff but I do like talking so I thought it was a good thing to do um, and I started it because I have a condition called PMDD which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder um and it's essentially it's uh, an extreme sensitivity to hormonal changes within the body but it has a huge psychological impact so a huge impact on mental health and I found that there wasn't very much support people don't really talk about it because it's you know period shame and a mental health stigma Mm. um and so I just wanted to create a platform for people to talk really um and it's 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 really grown quite quickly so I get quite a lot of people asking if they can come on because they want to share their experiences, and it, it's not just PMDD; it's, it's you know anyone really who's got a health or a hormone issue that they want to talk about. So it's it's quite nice um, to to give people a platform who who want their voices heard. Um, but the main message is that we can have these issues and still live a life of hope. It doesn't mean game over just because you haven't got the maybe the perfect health or the perfect lifestyle. Um, and we have to have hope for the better days so that's what I try to inspire with the podcast
0: yeah well we know that hormones affect everyone has them they affect people in different ways Um, some people you know are quite lucky to not have those changes in in mood and um, I don't know many people especially at my age but um yeah, it's, it's definitely something that affects more pe- some people more than others. Um, some people to real extremes also. And then it also will then affect, obviously, when it affects your mood, it affects the the um, choices you make in life, the choices you make when it comes to having a healthy lifestyle and eating well as well. Um, so we're all really aware of that, thankfully. And, and, and thankfully for po- with podcasts like yours and people just generally opening up about things like this it's it's um you know nothing to be ashamed of it is your body and you you know there's nothing wrong with that so it's really good that people like you are doing these podcasts so thank you um and i'm sure um it's also really helpful to a lot of our members also um so have you got any particular stories that are nuggets of advice that you can give to people who feel like they might want to look further into PMDD and and hormonal changes etc
2: yeah I think the, the first thing is you, you need to work out what's normal like you say everyone has hormones and it's 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 very common for people to deal with those fluctuations in hormonal changes differently um, I think it, it's when it starts impacting your life to a point that you you know isn't normal Um, And so for me, it was kind of tracking my symptoms, tracking when my harder days were um, and and looking really for any trends initially. I didn't know I was looking for for PMDD specifically. But when I was able to identify a trend and then I I heard about PMDD um, through a friend and it was kind of like, oh, my God, that's what I have. I think it's Mm -hmm. one of those conditions that once you hear about it, you know you know you've got it. Um, yeah. But that does, doesn't does mean diagnosis is easy. Diagnosis is quite difficult um, because a lot of other conditions have to be ruled out first and it's not well talked about. So even a lot of, of GPs aren't really aware of it. Um, so I would say for anyone who maybe thinks that there's something going on that maybe isn't the norm, mm-hmm. track your symptoms and then find a GP that will listen. Um, I was really lucky. My diagnosis was quite straightforward, but I know a lot of people do struggle with kind of, you know, getting the support they need, which is, you know, just makes it even more challenging, really. And just
0: saying there, you know, it's things that aren't really talked about and and, uh, a lot of GPs don't really talk about it either. Seems crazy, doesn't it? Because these GPs must have, you know, I'm not coming from a point of judgment, but... There must have so many women go into them with these symptoms. It's like nobody really joins the dots. Maybe because there are so many symptoms, and you can get differing symptoms. They're not all the same. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a lot it, of
1: overlap, it, isn't there? With but there is. What yeah. can affect what? I know. You know, people in my family and that I know that. You know, you look on. I shouldn't say this, but you look on Google at like a list of symptoms yeah. and. Then you look at something else and it's pretty much identical yeah. in what those symptoms are. So it's it's really hard to differentiate. And I think then there is that fear of going to the doctor and then potentially not miss, you know, misinterpreting it, but finding other things at the same time that might yeah. take away yeah. from the problem at hand.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I thought for a long time that I might have like bipolar disorder because it's it's almost similar to that in the sense of you get kind of extreme um, lows. Mm. Um, but with bipolar, I understand that there's extreme highs as well, which I, I never got. So then, of course, you start thinking, well, maybe it's just me. Um, and that's, I think, for a lot of people who do have kind of PMDD or hormone issues, there's a lot of kind of the, the despair that you feel goes inwards. Um, and it, you direct it at yourself. Um, and I think that's where my lifestyle has, has been really impacted as well because I think symptoms of PMDD start at around kind of day fourteen of a menstrual cycle, and um, which is just after ovulation, and mm-hmm. they they tend to go on for about two weeks until a period starts. So what my cycle tends to be is my period starts and I feel good. And I'm like, yes, I can I can do anything, take on the world. And that's when I start thinking I'm going to track everything and like do my 10,000 steps a day and I'm just going to be amazing. And I'll be a really successful WW member in that time. And then as soon as my, my luteal phase begins and my symptoms start to appear, all of that work feels like it's come undone. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when the binge eating might start again. And I just feel really tired, so the 10K, 10K steps goes out the window But the issue is you start to blame yourself because you think, well, if I'd have just kept looking after myself and kept walking and eating all the good food, I wouldn't be feeling like this. Mm -hmm. I think we're told a lot, aren't we, that, you know, um, eating right and moving more can really help mental health. And I 100% agree with that. But I do think maybe there's a little bit too much emphasis there on on Mm -hmm. actually this isn't your fault that you've got a mental health issue or anything like PMDD yeah Um, but a healthy lifestyle can definitely definitely help yeah
0: and i I mean, sorry I get my words together um and you see on social you know people talking about goal setting and we talk about it yeah um it shouldn't you shouldn't feel like a failure if you don't meet your goals because there are so many things that play into whether you meet your goals or not and hormones is probably for me certainly and for many women out there I'm sure is the biggest one um it's, it's the biggest factor um so anybody listening to this now and thinking oh maybe i should look into this i've never heard about pmdd what would you say would be the first step for them to sort of start looking into their symptoms if they are struggling
2: I think the first thing is tracking them so identify the symptoms that you've got and it's not just kind of the psychological symptoms there are physical symptoms as well there's really random like I get really bad brain fog and I'm also I trip over my words quite a lot and which is terrible when you're a WW coach because you need you you really need your words (laughs) words. and you're
1: doing
2: a podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like the worst thing in the world I definitely get that and you can (laughs) (laughs) hear it on the podcast sometimes
2: (laughs) Um, so yeah I would say like document anything that maybe just isn't like the norm so if Mm -hmm. it is that you get like really bad brain fog or it is that you get feelings of hopelessness or you notice that you're binge eating at you know certain times but then there's other times when you like feel like you can take on the world get that documented Um, and I would also recommend logging on to a website which is iapmd.org And that is a charity which has got so much information, so I'd I'd definitely signpost anyone to that, really. Um, That sounds good. Yeah, but track your symptoms, and then you've got maybe, like, a case Mm. to take that to a GP, and you can kind of start the ball rolling with diagnosis.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you're at your desk all day, then jot it down next to you on a scrap of paper and you know sort it out later just so you think when you're recording it when you're thinking about it Mm -hmm. but also I've got a Garmin app and I can track moods and things like that on there as well so that's another way for people that would prefer to just tap into that
2: yeah definitely I think there's there's an app actually as well called me versus PMDD and I've not used that one okay But apparently that's really good for kind of tracking it against like your cycle as well so That's there's, there's so much out there it's just finding the information and the, the resources
1: yeah and it sounds like there are there are a lot more resources and obvious places to look now I know we had our general manager Anna Hill on uh, a couple of episodes ago and she was talking very openly about the menopause and how these kind of subjects still come across as taboo when they really really shouldn't be and even like you know you've been talking about your menstrual cycle and for some people that still is a subject we shouldn't talk about when we know 100% we should and I know I was watching telly the other day and I think there was a tenor advert or um, something, and they were really celebrating, you know, the womb and the ovaries and the bleeding situation. I was like, wow, this is like so empowering. Mm. And But then I'm sure there are some people that watch that and think, oh, why are we talking about that? So I know you've been a coach for, is it six years now with WW? A
2: member for six years, coach for five, yes.
1: So you've been in the workshop environment and around members. Have you seen that even just in that small period of time, people's sort of ideas of it have changed and people are a bit more open because I know a lot of our members see the workshops as like a really safe space to talk yeah. about things.
2: Yeah, I think when I joined, um, it was a Weight Watchers meeting that you went to and you got weighed and then you talked about how you could kind of, um, you could go out to eat and, and still lose weight and don't get me wrong, I still think we've definitely got that element. But, I mean, I just, I just love now that I'm not a leader, I'm a coach, and I love that this, it's not a meeting, it's a workshop, and our members, they really benefit, they really learn from what we have to say. And I think at first, when we first started talking about, like, um, mindset, a lot of members thought that was quite airy-fairy. I think I did. I think I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't really want to be talking about meditation and things. And a lot of our members did as well. But I think as time's gone on, I think we've accepted that actually, you know, mindset is massive. It's it's mm-hmm. so huge. Um, and the amount of members that I get to speak to now who who kind of say, you know, I want to lose weight. It's important for me, but I really want to work on my, my mindset or I just want to be a happier person. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's totally reframing the, the conversation, isn't it, about well-being, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you just mentioned meditation there. That that sounds really scary for a lot of people, but it can yeah. mean different things for a lot of people. It can mean taking one minute out and just sitting quietly. It doesn't yeah. mean like sitting there for thirty minutes trying mm. to block every single thought out of your mind. Although some people are really good at that, and I'm really jealous. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just taking time out yeah. of the of the busyness of your mind, isn't it? For yeah, to give yourself a break. Um, but yeah, we we definitely experienced that when we started talking about it years ago, saying right, okay, we really need to get people thinking about their mindset because it's like it everything revolves around it, mm-hmm. um, and it's like the I felt like the world wasn't quite ready for it, but we we felt so passionate about it that we just sort of gently entered that arena and um you know gently started talking to our members about it Um, and like you say and then suddenly this this conversation becomes more normal Um, and it's great
2: yeah I think at first like you say like members might not have been ready for it but I think it was up to us to to lead them to that if we knew how important it was, absolutely, and I think initially they did think that we were going to have them like trying to levitate or something and I think when they realized that actually it's more kind of you know stress management, taking a step back, helping yourself to get a good night's sleep, they were kind of like, Oh actually yeah i could I could use some help with that actually i'll I'll, I'll take that, and from there. I think members have really realised the impact of it as well.
1: And it's those kind of um, ways of thinking and these little activities you do that are probably going to make you more likely to actually realise symptoms like yourself, you know, and to start piecing it all together. Because otherwise, when you're in the hustle and bustle of everyday life you would just think, oh, I've had a terrible day. I've yelled at the kids if you've got them or, you know, you've shut the door really hard and slammed it about and, you know, all these things and think, oh, I just had a bad day. But actually, when you start to see the pattern, you know that there might be other things and you do potentially need that additional support. And I know at WW, we we do try to, we're, we're very science-backed, so we try to look at different illnesses and you know ways of the body working so that we can support in that way and i think there's definitely still work to be done isn't there to ensure that we can personalize the program accordingly but obviously as someone that has been living with uh pmdd and doing ww what kind of things have you found help one another if that makes sense
2: i think I think the mindset thing has been really important, as I say, but I joined WW as a member before I knew I had PMDD. All, all I knew at that time was I didn't have a healthy pattern of eating and I didn't really know what a healthy lifestyle was. All, all I knew was I wanted to become happier and more confident as, as a young woman. Um, and what I soon realised that was it wasn't a diet. So I think when I joined, I was like, right, I'll never be able to eat like crisps again and I'll never ever take away because I'm on a diet now and I've joined this Weight Watchers thing. And then I realised really quickly that actually, first of all, I wasn't on a diet and I didn't have to give up those foods. And I remember my, my coach, Mandy, saying to me, you don't need to give up anything, actually. It's, you can have any, everything within moderation. And that made me think oh okay so what this is actually going to do is teach me to have this healthier relationship with food and that's what I'm really missing and that's what I need and when I got my head around that actually that's when the scale started to to come down and everything just fell into place and I think it was actually mindset is huge but it was my relationship with food that's probably benefited the most from being a WW member Mm -hmm. um and and of course being active as well I'm a huge advocate for fresh air as I call it I try not to say go for a walk or go for a run because Mm -hmm. as soon as I tell myself I have to go for a walk I almost like put the brakes on but if I can say "Oh, I'm going to go for some fresh air from a mindset point of view that makes me feel a bit more positive about going and I know it's really good for me and I know the exercise is going to help me um but yeah I think the main thing for me is just Having a bit of structure with my food you know I know that I've got a smart points budget I'm gonna try and aim to hit that if I go slightly over it's all right. the world's gonna keep spinning and I'll still get a blue dot and I love my (laughs) blue dots because you know for me it's as long as I can have six good days or even five good days then I know I'm doing okay Um, and I don't need to beat myself up and I don't need to keep binge eating which is all the things that I would have been doing otherwise.
0: Yeah, I love that, Laura. That's exactly how, you know, you should look at it. I could actually listen to you all day talk about this. <laughs> There's a reason why you have a podcast. It's
2: do you... interesting. Oh, sorry, Go okay. on.
0: Oh, okay. Um, do you think that people or women of a certain age get PMDD mixed up with early menopausal symptoms, or do you think they are linked in any way? Is that yeah. is that anything you've sort of looked into?
2: Yeah, so I know quite a few people who have um, had PMDD um, and are now going through menopause, whether that be natural menopause or whether it be chemical menopause or they've had a hysterectomy, um, and they do liken the symptoms of, of menopause to, to PMDD. I think the only, the only um, the tricky part with menopause really is you don't have a regular cycle or you right. don't have a regular period as such when you're going through the perimenopause. So it's harder to be able to track your symptoms to your cycle.
1: Right. Um, so although yeah. the
2: symptoms can be quite similar, um, and again, the, the stigma and the, the lack of conversation around them is very similar. Mm-hmm. The, the, the one thing is with menopause, even though it's something that I think most women will go through, you probably still don't realise it's happening until you're really in the depths of it. Right. Um, but again, I think that's probably like PMDD, actually. I don't think, you know, there's many people who got their first period at 14 and was like, oh, I know this isn't normal. It, it takes a long time to realise mm. what's happening. And like you said, Lily, as well, I think when you're not somebody who's very aware of yourself, when you don't have a lot of time to kind of be aware and take that time to be mindful and things like that, it's really hard to, to look at your symptoms as, as something that's happening re- regularly. Um, and something that actually isn't normal it's very easy to just brush them to the side and tell yourself you just need to keep going
1: yeah and it sounds really it's a weird way of putting it I guess but it's almost a process of elimination and that's what I was just thinking about when you were talking about the fact that you became a WW member before you were diagnosed Mm. and it's almost like right I know I can get hold of x y and z I can get control of my food I can make time for myself in certain ways but there's still something not quite right so where where does the issue lie? Whereas sometimes if you still haven't been able to get control of those other areas of your life, it's all just gonna seem one big mess or problem, right? So sometimes to be able to diagnose, you need to have found, you know, things to fix the other elements as well.
2: Yeah. I got to goal and I remember thinking, right, that's that it should be like fixed now. Everything in my life should be absolutely because I've lost weight and I've got to goal and don't get me wrong I, I was happier in myself and my my habits were so much better but I still had these other issues going on so I think a lot of people will think when they get to goal they'll, they'll be cured um, unfortunately that's not the case we do still need to keep working on those healthy habits and those behaviours but it, it's worth it.
1: And do you think there's something that needs to be done more from an educational standpoint because I mean before you emailed us about this. I had never heard of it before. Um, I've been to the doctors many a time about hormones and mental health and what medication should you be on because they'll clash with each other and that had still never come up. So it does feel like even maybe at school, you know, girls are taught about periods, but then that's it. There's no talk about anomalies or differences and every person's body is different. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think... um... I'm going off on a tangent now but if any of you have ever watched Mean Girls there's a bit in that where like the the like sex education teacher is like do not have sex or you will get pregnant and you will die yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly yeah. how I remember being taught about like periods and stuff at school it was mainly like periods happen because one day you will have a baby and that's that's the, mm-hmm. the means of it and actually there's so much more to, to female health and female re- reproductive health than just you'll have a period, one day you probably have a baby, the end. There's so much, like you say, Lily, so many anomalies, there's so many mm. differences there. And also, do you know what? We're not, just, we're not just women because we might have a baby one day. You know, that's, that's such a variable. Um, mm. And I think things are very different now, luckily, to, to you know when I was in school. But I think there's still so much work to be done. Um and I think I think it starts in school because I think if I'd have known what I know now years ago, things could be a lot different and maybe I just wouldn't have struggled so much. So I think definitely education in schools, but I think all of us though have got a responsibility to talk more about these things and, you know, maybe not cringe so much when there's like a body form advert coming on the T V exactly. and things like Because yeah. I think we all and even now I still do it, you know. And I just think it's the most natural thing like there is and yeah i think all of us have got a bit of a responsibility to talk a little bit more
1: no definitely and i think it's really good to hear that from a ww coach you clearly have felt that ww as a brand is a safe place to talk about what you've been through and then you have now found your own platform to talk to other people you clearly talked to your members about it and now you've Clearly inspired, whoever is listening on this episode as well. So thank you so much for coming yeah, on. And yeah, you I guess definitely just,
0: inspired me. I just yeah, think I can oh my see sounds like mine. <gasps> my <laughs> mind is going honestly a million miles an hour, and um, I just hope that you can, you know, obviously we're we're in this lockdown situation again, and you know I hope you continue to inspire your members the way you've inspired me in your virtual workshops. Um, yeah, really, really pleased to have you on. Um, I'm sure there's so many people now that will benefit from this from listening today.
2: Oh well, thank you very much for having me.
1: And do you have any final thoughts? And do you want to share kind of where people can follow you and the name of the podcast one more time?
2: Yeah, so the podcast is called My Hormones My Health, and that's on Spotify and Apple and all of the other streaming sites. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. I've got two Instagram accounts, and um, so I've got my kind of WW1 which is Laura Tia Jones and then I've got my Hormones My Health which is more hormones and I don't know why I've kept them separate because they really shouldn't be and maybe that I need to tell enough for that actually. Um, (laughs) But yeah My Hormones My Health on Instagram as well Um, and I think I would just end by saying you know probably how I started that a life with less than perfect health or, or hormone issues can still be compatible with joy and you have to have hope that there are better days, and a better tomorrow, or even a better afternoon than a better morning. So, just always believe that there's hope.
1: Amazing, yeah. Thank you yeah, thanks so much for coming on, and I can't wait to see what you're doing next and who you're talking to next. I know we'll definitely be following that journey with you. And thanks to everyone that's listened today. um It'd be great to hear in the comments when we post this live what you all think and if there are any other topics like this you want us to discuss. So. I think, yeah, that's the end of this episode and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.